0: Ryan Reese. This is live with Ryan Reese. Call now 188-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag live Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.
1: Today's show, we're going to talk about the Great Commission and the urgency um, that we need to have in these days. I don't I don't know about you guys, but everywhere I've been going. Anytime I put on K Wave Radio or a Bible study, or I hear something from someone that's sharing with me, I keep hearing this wake up message. I keep hearing, you know, that the world, the state of the world, is is you know, that Jesus is coming, and uh, everything that's going on with current events in the world, with with you know, with Russia, with the Middle East. You got Kim Jun doing his thing, and even just with with culture, it's, it's just getting so wild. And I've been, I've been touring this uh, wake up message. Um, I think we have like, right now we have 22 dates that are booked, but we're adding another 20 dates before the end of the year. And then now we're planning to take it to the East coast. And I just spoken at assemblies of God last weekend on Sunday, and I was talking to the pastor, which he was a principal of uh, Montclair high school for many years. And now he's a pastor of that church in, in Chino assemblies of God. And he was telling me about these videos and stuff that he was seeing from these high school students, that they would grab their cell phones and this stuff that um, sexual stuff that they're doing and they're sending to each other that's happening on the school dist- on the school grounds in high schools. But he said, "Dude, he's like it's starting in junior high or even younger." Right. He's all high school. It's it's too late. But mm-hmm. how he was saying that this message that I was giving the wake up message was so relevant to the church. He's all this is the message the church does not want to hear. Right. and this is the senior pastor He's it's so timely and it's so funny because I was reading through Matthew a couple of weeks ago and it was Jesus was talking about the the virgins that were waiting for the bridesmaid to show up and five of them had the oil to burn for their lamps to burn through the night and then the oil represents the Holy Spirit right and then you have the other five that um, that didn't have the oil to burn through the night and when the bridegroom when the bridegroom showed up five were taken and five were left and he was talking about the church and I Hundred percent believe and know that this is the state of the church. And today's on today's show, we have Sean McKeon and 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 uh, Melinda Reese, we're just going to talk about because I know Sean, you counsel with tons of people at the right. church all day long. You're taking counseling calls, you're taking counseling in 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 church meetings. Mm-hmm. And um, what do you see on the state of the church of people that are coming? Are, do they really want to change? Are they really coming to hear? Mm-hmm. Counseling, or what? What do you see with people?
0: You know, when you know, bringing up the thing with the, the ten virgins. You know, the main message upon that is preparation and being ready. Right. And there's so many people that are not ready. They they for Christ's return. For Christ's right. return. And so they get lackadaisical when it comes to their relationship with the Lord. Right. They take things for granted. They're like, you yeah, know, I'll fix that next month. Mm-hmm. Next year, I'll address it then. But what happens, and I tell a lot of people, man, procrastination is something that will destroy your life. If you don't deal, identify a problem and deal with it, it will get worse. And if you continue putting it off, I always use this phrase, there's a day of reckoning coming. You know, you can get away with, you know, maybe looking at pornography, maybe your wife or your husband doesn't see it for a while. And then you're like, well, you know what? I I can get away with this. I'm being able to manage it. Same thing when it comes to drug addiction. Same thing that it comes to other vices that people have. About lying. Uh, Yeah, yeah, Yeah. just continuing doing things that uh, take them in a place where they're walking in deceit. There's that that check is going to want to be cashed, right. basically is what it is, and so you are if you're not open to be teachable and have humility, you'll never grow and never learn. When it comes to sitting down uh, for people that want want counsel, you know, I think one of the main things is like. We're not counselors. Pastors are not counselors. Um, They are called to shepherd over the people. That means just take care of them, encourage them, protect them, give them spiritual guidance. And so the right way to be is hear their issues, hear their problems, pray for them, and show them what the Word of God says. It's as simple as that. But a lot of times people want you to tell them. You know, things, you right. know, they want you to fix their problems, but Tell that can't be. Yeah. And that is actually immaturity. You know, now that I hear things from your dad over the years, uh, Rawl Reese and Chuck Smith's teaching over the years. I was going through a teaching just the other day about it and talk about how, how frustrating it would be sometimes when you'd be sitting there pouring into somebody or trying to help them in the situation. But it's like it goes in one ear and out the other. And you and the, the battle is. They will never have victory or no one will ever have victory unless you submit to the Lord. It doesn't change, right? You know, one of your favorite verses I've heard you repeat so many times where it says, for whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself. That's where it starts. You know, unless you're ready, ready to really take into consideration the state of your life and know it needs to change and you're willing to count the cost, change will never come. Um, that is the key yeah, to the relationship is. with God. It is. Humility. Right. Brokenness. What would you say?
2: I, I just deal with a lot of people because, um, you know, I'm in charge of uh, Rawls' radio ministry. Right. So we get a lot of calls and a lot of counsels. And people call and they want counseling, but they've justified their actions with whatever it is and they want us to okay it they you want to
0: agree with yeah yep, they yep. want
2: an agreement and if they don't get an agreement then it becomes an argument because they want to argue their point until you agree with them right and the plain and simple fact is is that you can't argue the word of god mm-hmm. it is what it is either you believe in it and you live by it or you don't. There is no in between. There is no compromising in any area. And that's the thing. People want to try to find loopholes, let's put it that way, so that they can still live the way they live, but yet they're still going to go to heaven or they're still, you know, okay with the Lord. And that's the problem.
0: You know, even a a lot of people, because they are, you know, some, not all, you know, Flesh thinking, which just means you're only thinking about the here and now. You're only thinking about what's going to make your life easier. That's what you want to hear, right? Right. You don't necessarily want to hear the truth. You want to hear how to get out of this particular situation. And so that's where a lot of people, um, they want to stay at. And so the danger for us and it's pastors, and it's for other people that are out there listening right now, because you might be dealing with a friend, a loved one, a son or a daughter, you know, and sometimes... Uh, maybe it's like they're broke and they have nothing, and they're they're begging you for money and they they want money. Well, you know that might ne- not necessarily be the thing that they need. Right. You know there are moments. You know the book of James tells us. You know if you see somebody in need, you have the means to do it. Hey, that's fine. Go do it. And it does talk about helping those in a need. But on the other end. You have to exercise wisdom as well. You know, um, Peter and John, when they're going into the beautiful gate in Acts chapter three, when it says silver and gold, I do not have. But what I do have in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. They took care of the spiritual need first. That's the issue. That's the problem. Because you can go give somebody $200 to get them to go stay in a hotel and get some food and everything for a day and a half, maybe. But then what?
2: That's just a band aid. It's going to go out like water. Yeah.
0: Especially if there isn't a a heart to learn. The key to having somebody where there's a growth that's about to take place is humility. It's brokenness. It's like, and I've seen it before, right? Ryan, you've seen it before. You deal with people that are living a gnarly lifestyle for a long time, and if it's genuine, Dude, it doesn't matter what rehab they go to. It doesn't matter any of those things. If they go in with the right heart, it's possible. But if you want to go to rehab because you're getting pressured into it, maybe it's going to, uh, you'll be in good standing with your wife or your husband or your parents, but it's done with the wrong heart, it's of no value. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is people want direction. And then,
1: like you were saying, uh, pastors aren't professional counselors. Our jobs are to push people to -hmm. Jesus, and the Word became flesh, the Bible. So then you tell people, hey... Read the Bible, but people—I feel like a lot of people want to be Christians or or call themselves Christians, but they don't read the Bible, mm-hmm. right? And you know, and one—I want to read Second Timothy three sixteen. It says, "All Scripture is inspired by God and he is useful to teach us what is true and make you realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong It teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work." Mm-hmm. So. The goal is that we want to do we want to do every good work. We want to be used by God. We want to live for God, right? That's why why people come to the church to get counseling or come to or want a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. But the problem is they they want it but they don't read the Bible. So it's like trying to play music. It's like I want to play music, Sean. I want to learn guitar. I want to rip. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to go take music classes to or learn how to read music, yep. or even practice to practice notes. So, how does that work? Mm-hmm. You're gonna look at me like I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, this is pretty much the situations that we find ourselves in too when we're counseling, we're talking yep. to people, and we're like, "Oh, okay. So you want to get your life in order? You want to be a, you want to be the father you were created to be. Mm-hmm. You want to be a good father to your kids. You want to be a good husband. You know, you don't want to stop living this lifestyle. That's why you're obviously here meeting with us. Mm-hmm. So you go read the Bible, and they just look at you like." When's the last time you read the Bible? Mm, what, are you going to church? Mm.
2: Exactly.
0: Dude, and it's like... You... <laughs> <laughs> what you just said right now is so key, and I think that's a simple like illustration. People in the world that you want to succeed at something, dude, you're disciplined. It'd be a musician for sure, an athlete for sure. How about people that go to college and they go through all these studies, you know, working on mm-hmm. all of this stuff to get these degrees? Um, and it's all different walks of life you deal with. I we deal with people more successful than, than we ever were in some aspects, right? right. And so there are um people that police officers i've dealt with all of them so to get to that level dude you were disciplined you were like dedicated i know how some of those exams and those things not everybody passes them
2: exactly
0: and the same thing now check this out we hear the word disciple all the time Mm -hmm. right what does disciple mean it means a learner it's it's um, rooted to the word discipline you know, you want to be a follower of the Lord. You have to be a learner and there has to be discipline in your life um, because it takes discipline to pray, to read, to grow. You know, you have that choice. Again, if people, you know, there's that scripture in first Corinthians chapter nine, a lot of times, Paul, not not a lot of times, but a few times he gave illustration of athletics and he says, do you not know that some all run in a race, mm-hmm. but run in such a way that you may receive the prize. You know, and then he's talking about like Olympic athletes basically at that time. He's saying they do all of this work for a temperate crown. They could put it up on their head, but eventually it's going to rot and it's going to burn up. But what we do is for an imperishable crown. And then he gives a motivation. He's like, look, I don't just shadow box, I don't beat the air. Like, I'm not wasting my time. I have vision, I have passion for what God has for me. You got to have direction. Exactly. You know, in the book of Proverbs, it says, without a vision, the people perish. perish. There's no direction uh, of your life. And you're just like in cruise control, your complacency. You're not going to be having a direction. And then he goes on to say, but this is what I do. And this is humility still, even with a man that knew the word a lot. And he says, but I discipline my body that when I preach to others, I myself shall not be disqualified. He understood he could be. He understood that he could get caught up. And because that's a reality and temptation is real for all of us, I discipline my body. And a lot of people don't like to count that cost of the discipline.
2: And that's what people don't want to do. I mean, you look at all the books that are offered and they're like, I don't know, 10 steps to you know, a good life or this is how you get out of financial, step, financial difficulties in five steps. I mean, everything is a step. I mean, and that's what people want. They want those steps. They want it step by step. But realistically, what they don't understand is the Bible gives them to you. Mm. You just have to open up and read it. Because there are steps. I mean, it deals with everything you could ever imagine, what you go through in life. But people want it like written out, like step one, step two, step three, instead of reading through it and trying to, you know, go through it and see what the Lord has for you. Because you know what? It takes time. The Lord answers prayer and deals with this in his timing. He's never too early. He's never too late. He's right on time. I remember I heard, uh, I was listening to some. I can't remember what pastor it was, but he was like uh, in financial need. And he needed like $35,000 or so, 30, 3500, Sorry, $3,500, and it was like the last day. So he went and he took out the cash on his credit card. He went to go pay it. He came home, and there was a check in the mail with that amount of money. And he mm-hmm. was like, why didn't I just wait? Mm-hmm. Why did I step ahead of the Lord instead of waiting for him to mm-hmm. appear and give me what I needed? Because he knew. The Lord knows what mm-hmm. we need, but are we willing to be patient and wait for it? or are we out seeking things of steps that are going to come to us faster with our knowledge cuz yeah. it's all fleshly it's be- knowledge it's
1: because it all goes back to that part where we put ourselves in front of god right and we don't deny self and that's the whole that's the whole problem with that yeah. sucks we that's- always get ahead and and it's for all of the, and when as we're talking here we're not talking down to the people we are the people in this studio that's why we need the Bible. We need to read it so we can get instructions just as much as the people that we're meeting with or else we have nothing to give to you guys. We're, we're, we're giving you guys the same formula that, that we have. It's the formula that, Bible, that the Bible gives us. The Word of God, is it's God's inspired Word. The Word became flesh. Jesus was in eternity. He came to the earth and became, the Word of God was in eternity, came to the earth and became Jesus Christ. Hmm. The Word became flesh. And here we have the Bible, which is the DNA of Christ. And this is what instructs us yep. to, to get through this life.
0: You know, um, just to, to hit a, whole mo- just a couple more points as well. You know, when it comes to, and I li- like what you said about, um, like, we're all in this together. You know, we all have that, those same battles. And that's what Paul says. Man, I discipline my body because I know myself. I know my flesh. Right. It, it's weak. Um, Jesus told the disciples, the spirit indeed is willing. But the flesh is weak. These are something that you're gonna struggle with for the rest of your life. And a danger that, that some of us that some of us can face is being overconfident in the flesh. It happened with the children of Israel in the Old Testament. And if you read the rest of 1 Corinthians 10, right after Paul talks about discipline, he gives a bunch of examples of the children of Israel. And he's saying to not be overconfident, and to not be led by emotion and experience because of this, that is not what's going to change and transform your life. That's not what's going to keep you. God blesses you with those moments in your life, spiritually. It'd be like, man, look how God worked. But those aren't the things to completely keep you. He gives you like six examples. He said, who were all those people uh, back in the day in the wilderness? Didn't they see the parting of the Red Sea? How about all those that were in the, the wilderness and bread came down from heaven? How about all of those that had water that come from a rock? And he gives all these illustrations. Paul is giving these illustrations. But he says, but God was not pleased with many of them. And many of them, carcasses, were in, in the, the wilderness. Why? Where is it, why is he bringing this up? He's exhorting us to understand that the battle is real. Those people, they took for granted the blessings of God. God wanted him to show them, number one, that in the midst of our danger and issues in life, he's going to part the Red Sea. He's going to make a way for us to have faith and to trust him. The bread from heaven, he's going to provide for our needs. But a lot of times we don't want to wait. Like Mm -hmm. you said, you want to jump at the head of the game. You want to get that that three steps to a quick financial peace or whatever it might be. And you want it overnight, quickly, quickly, quickly. Um, and he gives all these examples, and then he ends by saying this there's no temptation that is given to men that's not common to man, but God is faithful.
1: There's no pill you can take to change the situation. No. Right. It's a battle, yep. exactly. it's a work. Yep. We're pilgrims here on earth, it's the whole walk with God is a it's a journey. Yeah. And it, and right when it gets good, you're like, oh man, because you get you get those mountaintop experiences, mm-hmm. as in like you have these moments with God and you're like this is what life's all about. This <laughs> right. is amazing. But then God goes, okay, cool. So like I revealed myself to you here in your life. Now I'm going to take you through another journey because I'm going to grow your spiritual muscles. I'm going to grow you so you could be a spiritual giant so you can be a strong Christian and not like a little weak, sissy yeah. Christian. Yep. So that's that's the whole thing. Right. With our, with our walk because then you go, well, why am I going through this? Because God's growing you mm-hmm. exactly. in this situation. Yeah.
0: And it's not always, like you said, like as you're talking like that, I'm like, why does it have to be that way? Right now. But uh, it's good. Though. Seriously, I, you you know as it we look back, thing, yeah. yeah. As I look back yeah. at
1: the last you know four years of my life, I'm like, it it was lame going through a lot of that stuff. But man, I've learned
0: so much Necessary. to prepare
1: me for the future.
0: Yep. Yeah, and you got to have that vision. That's what I'm talking about. Like when you're tuned in to the Lord, you'll be able to have that perspective yeah. to be like, okay, I might not get it right now. Cause that is where mm-hmm. growth takes place. Right. And what's, But I, what's but I trust in. the Lord.
1: What's tuned in? Tuned in is reading, Yep. having God speak to you and yes. praying. You have That's to. being tuned in. Yeah. Cause then you know what's going on in those circumstances. So and he, acknowledging
2: the fact that, yes, I'm going through this and there's something for me to learn out yes. of it. Because sometimes we go through things and we're like, you know, with other people, and we're like, well, they're wrong. I'm right. And we want them, you know, we want the Lord to deal with them. But in every situation, I always ask myself, okay, what is it that I need to learn out of this? Because there's something for me, no matter what, no matter if I'm right or wrong, whatever, there's always something in it for me. And if you're open to that, the Lord's going to show you Mm -hmm. instead of, nope, it's not me. It's the other person. So that's why you have to be in the word. You have to be in prayer and you have to be open to know, hey, I might be wrong. And if I am, you show me. Or how could I have dealt with this better with this person? Whatever it is, there's always something in it for
1: you to learn. And that is the difference between Mm. the spirit life and the flesh life. Mm -hmm. The flesh life goes, I'm in this situation. My whole world's falling apart. What's going on? Why me? I didn't do anything. That's the Uh flesh. But the spirit is going, I'm taking you through this so you can learn, like Melinda said, and you could grow from the situation.
0: And you know what, dude? being a part of ministry, like over these years, I have been able to see great, like amazing stories over the years. You know, um, like people that on the time, what we're talking about right now, maybe not listening, not listening. It's going in one ear or the other. I've seen those people, but over time, bumps in the road, things do get worse at times. But then when there's a brokenness and humility and starts to God starts working in their life, it's like they're a different person. They start actually going through more stuff than they were going through before, but now they're plugging through it. Right. I, I've seen it a lot, like with disarray, I mean, like gnarly stuff, like um, families you know, being broken up, a brother that was killed, murdered, mm. um, you know, hooked up to, to gangs and stuff, or another brother or cousin being sent to jail. And I was praying with these group of girls the other day at the church on a Wednesday night. You could tell they had a hardcore gangster background. Um, and the gnarly stuff that they were saying, where they were coming from, you could just see it in their eyes. You could just tell by their vibe, and they just asked if I would pray for them individually because they were going, all of them, gnarly situations, and I was able to say a few words to them and just began to pray for them, and it's just like the Lord was just speaking to me and showing me, like especially this one girl in particular, like what she's been brought up with. You could just tell from a young girl, Like she has been in the gang lifestyle. She has a hard exterior. But God's doing something in her life right now where there's like this this softness to her, like this sensitivity. Um, And she just started to weep. All of them when we were praying were just weeping down their down their, down their their face, and it was those moments like that where it's like God is real. God can change the lives of, of people you never thought possible, but how that happens is always the same. It's always a work of the Holy Spirit. It's the work of yep. God, because all of us that were told at one time, hey, you need to stop doing this, stop doing this, you need to change your act or whatever, you're gonna be in trouble, but it really didn't change us, right? right. Nope. It wasn't until God really and he uses circumstances a lot of times he uses tough places like dude i don't want to live like this no more i don't want to go through this any longer and then you start questioning the existence of life or the eternity is god real and then the holy spirit starts working in a life and that begins a whole new life
2: how many times have you heard like, yeah, I've tried it and it doesn't work for me? I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's so like,
1: I, wrote the, I read the Bible before uh-huh. I went to bed and that was the last time I exactly. did it and it didn't work.
2: <laughs> and it's like, well, then you haven't done it right. I mean, like literally, like there is no way that if you are completely, you know, wanting God to show up. Mm -hmm. that he's not going to there is just no possible way that that could happen you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. but you have to be willing he's not going to just barge his way in it's like you have to come to him and be like okay like i'm ready like you show up you show me you know
1: the other thing too is god is not a genie in a box or like a genie in a bottle bottle (laughs) or a box yeah whatever um he's (laughs) not a genie so like think about if god knows all things if he's been given all authority on heaven And on earth, he created everything. He was in the beginning. He created man. He created us. He knows our hearts. Doesn't he not know if you're like just praying to him because you just want a a quick quick fix, a quick miracle, like a genie? Mm. Hey, God, fix this in my life. And he knows that you're going to, if I can just get this fixed, I'll go back to living the way I was. He knows all things. Exactly. That's why we have to come to him in surrender. When you said that humbleness, that brokenness that you've Mm -hmm. been talking about. It's that that surrender, like, and He knows our hearts. We have to come to Him and say, "You know, God, I I, I want to do it right." And and you have to pursue Him, seek, and you will find Him. Knocking the door will be open. There has to be that that uh, submission, is what we've been talking about through the whole show. Is He knows your thoughts, right? He knows if you're trying to get that quick fix, and you're going to go back. You know, I was just saying a prayer the other day about something, and it wasn't like I forget what it was, but my heart was kind of wrong in it, and I was like thinking. I'm like God knows my heart, so like, who who am I fooling (laughs) here? Exactly. Who am I fooling? I'm saying this prayer, but my heart's like not in it, because I know where I want to go after this prayer if this prayer is answered. And I'm like, who am I feeling? I'm all I'm sorry, God. You you know what's up. So we all get caught up in that. We do. But there has to come to a place where you have to mean what you say, and then God's gonna show up. Then he he knows he knows the, the, the your heart yep. and he's going to hear from heaven and if you repent he's going to come and heal the land he's going to come forgive you and and start working things out in your life exactly
0: if you're tuning in right now this is live with Ryan Reeves we're here just talking about the state of things that are taking place in the world and how that uh, how. What kind of lives that we should be living as well and the battle that all of us face and giving kind of examples so hope that some of these things are encouraging uh, to you but we want to bring a couple things to your attention one is for the last couple of years we've been a- able to have the opportunity to be doing this radio show over over two and a half years it's gone by fast but if you go to Ryan-Reese.com you can always if you're listening on the radio right now you can always watch live um, through a stream uh, on Ryan-Reese.com also there are a bunch of Ryan teachings of shine archives as i am second multiple things that are there um you can uh pr- um, subscribe to our podcast as well you can listen to all past shows uh, also, thewhossovers.com, there's many things that are taking place there. You have the product that's there, but the heartbeat with the whosoever's. One thing that is coming right around the corner, all the schools are, are back in play now. And so the Kill the Noise tour that Ryan and the crew last year, Sonny, Ronnie Feist, all these guys, were able to go to multiple schools. I know, Ryan, that you guys are taking bookings right now. Um, and if you have a school... Whether you are a student there, whether you're a teacher there, whether you're the maintenance guy, you have a vision for that school and you want to bring the whosoever's out. Make sure you go to the website and email them, and they'll get back to you and hopefully get that locked in. And Ryan, at the same time, is doing the wake-up tour where he was just sharing in the beginning of the show. He already has 20 bookings, 20 more going um, that are going to be booked as well. But he wants to continue and taking his message all over the place. Right, right. We
1: are going to hit the East Coast now. Um, we've been hitting the West Coast all the way from Seattle to, I guess, you know, Seattle to, to California. And over to Vegas and New Mexico. But now um, God's been opening doors to to actually take it to the East Coast. We've been getting invites. So we will be hitting up the East Coast. We're gonna try and hammer out from Florida, from Miami Beach, all the way to uh to I don't know, Maine or something. And then on end. That's that's the main focus is this message, wake up. It's 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 where Jesus says, you know, wake up and look around. The harvest is ripe. This church is a wake up message for the church to let people know that. God is moving, and the church needs to get right. We need to repent. We need to get focused. Our mission is the Great Commission more than ever. I mean, look at what's happening in the world. Just watch the news and don't think it's time to wake up. But the church is asleep. We're caught up in sin. We're caught up in pornography. We're caught up in filth. We're caught up in in distractions. We're caught up in the idols of old, pleasure. We're caught Mm. up in, in... And uh, money and all these different things, astrology. I mean, believe it or not, Christians are reading their horoscopes. Exactly. I mean, dude, there's nothing new under the sun. If I could, if I had time, which I do have time, I'm giving the wake up message. Invite me out to your church, and I would love to to give this message. And we're seeing people by the hundreds come forward after this message to give their life to get their life right back with God because they know it is urgent. These are the end times. We are now in a place. Now, even with the microchip and everything that's being, being um, brought into the culture, this is the Antichrist time. Like, I'm not saying that the Antichrist is here. I mean, I, I think he is here somewhere. But the technology that we're seeing, these are the things that the Antichrist will be, probably be using in the future with the Bitcoin and the and the chip and all these things. I'm not saying that that's the technology, but I'm saying that the technology is here. We have now entered the end times, and it is time to wake up and reach the world for Christ There has to be an urgency. We need to be that John the Baptist generation and let people know that the king is coming. Jesus, the king is coming. The rapture is coming. The end times are here. It could be another 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, but we have now entered that window.
0: Yeah, and on the other side of the break, we're going to be talking about some of these things and put it all all together like we were talking about the first part of the show, where it is the spiritual state of the church. The reality of people that aren't stay, staying tuned in to the Lord or to learn, um, but then also going to connect that to like what's taking place in the world today, because there is so much social unrest uh, in our nation for sure. Um, there are many things that have taken place, horrible. Um, catastrophes that have happened in the United States and all across the world already uh, this year. Um, there's many people that are struggling with depression, anxiety. There is, though, the Bible says that where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So when things are dark, when there's a lot of unrest all over the place, it's actually a place of. Right for the gospel, a need for change. You know, I'm going to have Ryan share about some of the things on the other side of this break of what he's seen on some of the high school tours of last year. We'll be back in two minutes. Peace. More live with Ryan Reese coming up. Uh, nah. Is everything all right? Sure. Call now one 564 6173 Or post your questions using the hashtag live Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say de <laughs> doo Now, back to live with Ryan Reese.
1: Don't say what you And now that we're back from the break, I definitely want to push this tour one more time. We have the wake-up tour happening. We're taking it across the United States. Even Mexico dates have opened up and Canada. So it is going down. Hit us up and our Kill the Noise tour. The purpose why we're doing this uh, wake-up tour is to wake the church up so they will actually even get behind us to go into their local high schools and evangelize their high schools because our mission is the Great Commission. I love what Charles Finley writes. He wrote, you know, it's, it's our duty and our privilege uh, to go out and reach people for Christ. This is what Christ, the mission that Christ has given every single Christian individually is our duty to go out and to reach as many people as possible for Christ. But we forget, right? Mm-hmm. We get caught up in our programs. We get caught up in life. I mean, this it's true. I mean, it happens to all of us. But. What we're seeing, what we were talking about before the break is the state of the culture and the news and all the current events, everything that's happening. Jesus Christ is coming. Now is not the time to be messing around. I remember when I was young, uh, like in high school, you know, because I, I grew up in the church and I always heard about the rapture coming. So, you know, there'd be like the New Year's Eve parties and I'm like, oh, no, is Jesus going to come back this new year's eve but i'm like man i want to party though right <laughs> shoot what am i gonna do you know am i gonna take my chances 12 o'clock you know i was kind of ignorant you know no man knows the time or the hour right like what well, yeah. i thought that the rapture was gonna come on on california time right la time <laughs> but um but uh that, that's the whole thing is like i used to take my chances but now seeing what's going on with literally with bible prophecy seeing the state of israel um, the fact that even now that the Jews are made it on top of the uh, um, the Temple Mount, I mean, they're one step closer to building the Temple now. There's so many things happening yeah. that the Rapture could come literally any time now. And even with the Mark of the Beast, when it talks about in the Bible in Revelations, uh, when it talks about, you know, no one could buy or sell anything without the mark on the forehead or the right hand. Um, now you're seeing the chip that's being implanted, not only in Europe, but in, now in Americans. So it just happened in Wisconsin. So the technology is here for this whole thing. So... Now it's probably not the time to be messing, messing around. around and rolling the <laughs> dice to see if the rapture is going to come or not. Uh,
0: you know, I, I think um, one thing to note, if those that have um, uh, been able to go to one of your Wake Up Tour messages and, and you bring up... Uh, that um, the commercial thing about the breakdown of the microchip, Doctor Oz. Doctor Oz. Mm-hmm. It, it talks about it in such a positive way because mm-hmm. people that even and I, growing up, I didn't really have any knowledge of the of the Bible. Really, I didn't really know the Bible. Didn't really go to church, so I was very um, illiterate. But I did hear about this mark. You know, I did hear about these things, but but not a lot. But, and I do believe that because of biblical, uh, Bible illiteracy, even more so, in right. the last 10 years with so many young people and even families, when, now that it's spoken about, there's not this shock and awe, like maybe back even in the early 90s, it'd be like, oh, I would never take that because I kind of know that's connected to something bad in the Bible. True. Now, people, it's it's the perfect timing where people can flip it in a positive way. And young kids aren't even thinking that way right. because they don't have the Bible in their hearts. They don't have the truth. The parents aren't living out the truth and even if some of them know they haven't watered that truth in their life for so long they're not even realizing it's right before their face. I okay. remember
2: oh go ahead. No, oh. Oh,
1: well okay let's let's talk about the state of the culture with the gospel where where it stands. And I used this illustration before so there was this huge Jesus people movement in the United States particularly in the late 60s, early 70s. So all these people got saved. All these churches started happening. Then all these hippies started becoming, like my mom and my dad, got older. They all started having kids, Mm -hmm. raising their kids in the ways of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And then just like with my family, one stayed. We had three brothers. One stayed with God, and then two left, backslid. So now you then, then you have these kids that grow up. My brother raised, my brother got married. He raised his kids in the ways of the Lord. But then me and my other brother, if we would have had kids back then, we would have raised our kids, not even going to church, Mm -hmm. not even knowing of God. So what you're seeing, that's just my family alone. So now when you start looking at the state of the world and what's happening, and as you talk to people, there's all these people our age that were raised in the church, because their parents were Christians, or maybe they're not anymore. What for whatever reason, but they fell away, and they you have this whole generation of kids that had kids. So now the kids that we're reaching in these high schools are these kids that have been raised in the homes that have never been the church. So it's not like trying to reach the generation of my 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 generation of of, of people that are my age, because we knew about the Lord. Right. Mm whether we walked uh, walked away from the Lord or not, because there was such a huge revival in the United States right. of so many Christians. But now what I'm finding as we're touring public high school system and kids that are in church is or kids that come to church or whatever, um, that, or let's just say the public high school system, they don't know. We have a generation of kids that know nothing about Jesus Christ dying for the sins of the world on the cross, or the gospel, or the good news, or anything. Hmm. So it's actually kind of sad, but on the, s- the other side, it's amazing. That's why the harvest is ripe, because no one knows that Jesus Christ came into the world to die for the sins of the world, that anyone that believes in him will have eternal life, will live forever. Hmm. Because they're looking for eternal life. Who doesn't want to be forgiven of sins? Who doesn't want to live forever? And the fact when they hear that God came into the world to save sinners, Save them from their sins, and not only save them from their sins, but the stuff that they're caught into—the issues, all these, all this bondage, suicide, which is, is trending, depression, anxiety, all these things that are going on, and they're trying to—they're struggling with their sexual identity. That Jesus has come to set them free, dude. They're all about it. The harvest is ripe. That's what's amazing about the times that we're living in right now.
2: And that's why the harvest is ripe, because they don't have a preconceived idea of who Jesus is. Yes. They don't know about him. So they have, they have no knowledge of him. So they can't say, oh, yeah, I've heard about it. Yep. Or, you know, my parents have talked to me about it. And I don't believe it, but they do all this kind of stuff. And that's why they're so open, because it's new, it's fresh, it's nothing they've ever heard before. And so it's like, yes, I'm desperate. I'm in drugs, or I don't know who I am, or whatever it is. And they like, this is a solution, I'll try it, because I'm so desperate. Mm-hmm. And once you try it, I mean, you know. It's like, that is the answer. Mm-hmm. And so they have to look no further. You know what I'm saying? So going into these schools and really affecting these kids, I mean, how amazing is that? Because then they're just going to affect their people that are around them, and it's just going to snowball.
0: You know, when, when you were when you were talking right now, there won't, well, there's a verse that's coming through my mind, um... Because as you paint painting the picture of, like, you know, um, being connected to the hippie movement, what God did, and, like, that that generation just on fire, you know, bringing their children up in the ways of the Lord. But then, you know, things get caught up. Families get, get messed up. You know, one thing that happens is that what we see in United States of America, the homes have been destroyed. The homes are being right. destroyed. Mm-hmm. Satan has come in. And has really, this is one of the big um, problems in our society today. There's no structure in the home. There is bitterness, there's resentment from parents that have committed adultery and divorce and all this kind of stuff. And you, there's no. Um, the Bible has been taken out of school back in the days in the 50s and all. All of those were repercussions to where we are now. And when you look at in the Old Testament, where the children of Israel are going into the Promised Land, and you could say in a place of revival, Joshua and saying, "As for me and my house, we're going to serve God." we're going to put God first and that's how we're going to do. But after those children and the children after them, there was no connection. In Judges chapter two, it says there arose after Joshua's generation died, there arose another generation that didn't even know God, know the works that he did in their lives. And wow, you know what happened? It was some of the most darkest time in the nation of history, uh, history's life. Right. Because God wasn't no one knew who God was, but the same God who saved them from the wilderness and all that kind of stuff and the same God who came to seek and save us is still active and real today and wants to help us in our time of need. I remember going reading the Bible for my first time, and I read through the Gospels, and I'm like, "What's the Bible all about?" And I began reading the Old Testament, which was hard in the beginning, but I looked at it very simply. Uh, I wasn't somebody that was a good student in school or anything, so reading and comprehension stuff, man, that was hard for me. But one thing that I gained was this: these people, when they they recognize that there was a problem, they come to God, and God would bless their lives. Time would go by, and then they get caught up again. You know, they get caught up by, you know, pagan worship, sexual morality, whatever it is. They're in their place of messed up. They call out to God. God brings them back. He blesses them. He blesses them. And that's the the God of the Bible. Mm -hmm. He has the ability. So as people are out there right now, you're struggling in your depression you're struggling in suicidal tendencies that you that you might have right now, or you're struggling with trying to find peace in your relationships, uh, that the answer to your questions that you're wrestling with is that there is a God who created the heavens and the earth that spoke the world into existence, that created man in his own image, that desires a relationship with you. And when you find him, you will find the essence of life. And he's not far from any one of us. It says that, we lo- we yearn for this truth and God has written eternity in the hearts of man. Death doesn't feel right. When somebody dies, you're like, that doesn't seem right. right. Well, I'm not going to see them again. Or even the fear of like, dude, I don't want to die. Like it doesn't, something feels awkward. And that's because God has created man to live in fellowship with him and to be with him forever. Sin is what separates man from God. And when sin is taken care of as it was taken care of the cross on our part, all we need to do is say, I'm a sinner. I need help. Christ come into my life, he wipes the slate clean, and you and I have the promise of eternal life. Exactly. And everything changes.
2: And people have always said, I mean, why did God create us, you know, like this? Why do we have a will? You know, and I was listening to Chuck the other day, and he said, you know, first of all, like, God created us to love. And if we were robots, that love wouldn't be true, because we wouldn't have a choice. Like, right now, we have a choice to love. And that's the thing. We all want to be loved as humans. We all want to feel that love. And by living your life for Jesus Christ, that's the love that you're going to feel, that unconditional love that nobody, not one person on this earth can make you feel that way. That's the only the love of Christ Mm. can come in and give you that peace that surpasses all understanding, that joy. And we're not talking about happy. Oh, I'm so happy today. But that joy within You know, your heart that like, okay, you know what, the Lord has me, you know? And I think about the verse in uh, Proverbs where it talks about ponder the path of your feet and let your ways be established. Do not turn to the left or to the right or to the left. Remove your feet from evil. And that's the thing. It's like staying on that path Mm -hmm. and not getting distracted and turning to the left or to the right, but taking your feet out of the evil parts. And just keep walking in that path. Because if you don't, you're going to get swallowed up. What are you feeding? Are you feeding your flesh? Or are you feeding your soul? Because if you're feeding your flesh, only fleshliness is going to come out. But if you're feeding your spirit, then all you're going to do is produce more things that are going to help you get through all this crap in life that we go through. Yeah. You know. Yep.
1: And it's hard work. It is. Mayweather says it. Hard work. <laughs> hard work. No winner. Hey, it, it, no, it is, yeah. though. I say that lightly, but it is hard work. It is. You know, uh, Jesus says, you know, the highway to hell is broad or wide, and many choose that way. Many choose right. that way. Mm-hmm. But the gateway to life is narrow, and it's very difficult, it says. And, and, and few. Few find mm-hmm. it. Yep. Why? Few. I mean, think about few. Because he says it's very difficult. Yes. Very difficult. And I thought about the Highway to Hell is like, you know, I've used this illustration before. It's like the uh, the 5 freeway out here. It's wide. 405 freeway. Wide. Big. Dude, the, the traffic jams for days over mm-hmm. here on the 405, right? right? Mm-hmm. Many people choose that way. Mm-hmm. It's easy road. It's flat. But the road to eternal life is narrow. And I think about that road up to Mount Baldy. It's it's not that road. It's not even that little road. It's that little trail, hmm. you know. Or it could be that road because that road is difficult. Those those switchback turns. <laughs> right. It gets kind of right. gnarly up there, you know, even on a motorcycle. But uh, it is narrow, and it's it's hard because um, you have to be very focused. It's very difficult. It's not. It's uphill.
0: Yep. Turns. Yeah. And w- once cliffs. again, like we talked about earlier. But it's yeah, beautiful though. <laughs> yeah. Our, our society today like likes things easy, and things aren't always easy. Um, But you know what? You'll find that all of these lessons in life will be very valuable. You know, I look at, now as life has gone by, I've seen guys that, like, back in the day, like, they're just, you know, huge dudes, just, like, yoked out. They might be tough. They might be brawlers. But then you see them battle with life, and you're like, they're weak. And I'm not saying all, but I have a couple people in mind they are just like, but weak.
2: Yeah. And I've
0: seen little girls, older ladies, that when you start talking to them, you're like, how did they make it through that Mm -hmm. that is gnarly because they're spiritually strong because they're spiritually strong spiritual giants yeah and you know and it came by testings right it came by lessons it's not overnight it's Mm -hmm. not overnight and endurance playing guitar is not overnight (laughs) it all goes
1: back to the very beginning of the show yeah it's you have to learn you have to practice you have to read you have to pray you have to submit you have to (laughs) That's how you become a Christian, and and that's how you have faith. Strong faith is by practicing. Right. Yeah.
2: You put it in practical terms anything that you want to become good at, whether you know it's you know be a bodybuilder, like you said, playing guitar, or anything, honing your craft.
1: You no want to get? Hey, you, you want to get? Uh, you want to get your driver's license? Yeah. Think about how hard what you had to do to exactly. get you know. You had to, like, seriously, like, focus. Yeah.
2: yeah. You had to study. Then you had to get behind the wheel and all that kind of stuff. And that's the thing. It's daily. It's hourly. It's minute.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know what? There's always room for growth. Always. There's always room to, um, you know, fix a couple areas in your life. You know, I had I had a moment the other day with one of my sons, my oldest son, Cohen. And I was out outside, you know, playing catch with him. And I've played sports with him. And he's a little stud, dude. He, he throws like a, like a little man. And I said to them, I'm like, you know, it's pretty cool that, you know, I've been able to, to teach you, you know, l- little sports and stuff. But, you know, the greatest thing that I could teach you, Cohen, is to, to teach you how to pray. Um, and I started, I use it as a teaching lesson, like, because Jesus, his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Right. He, he They didn't say, teach us how to teach, mm-hmm. how to heal. How did you heal? Right. You know, right. How, how did you do that? How, how did you turn the, the the water into wine? How did you feed the five? That-? They didn't ask that. They said, teaches how to pray right and and jesus gave them that dialogue of like your father's in heaven you know his name is holy you come before him um you ask for forgiveness of your sins he'll give you your daily bread like he starts breaking down like not a prayer to be repeated but a heartbeat of fellowship with god and i was using that for cohen the other day because as he grows up in life when he's in school when he's going through difficulties he has a guy who he can call upon, like help me, mm-hmm. help me in my my testing that I'm going through. Had a bad day in school. This kid driving me crazy. Um, I feel I feel sad. I feel bummed out. Like right. Lord, help me. Um, and I want to be able to give, you know, share with my children. Those are the strengths, and those are things that I have to continue sharpening in my life as well.
2: So right, exactly. You,
0: you never stop growing man you gotta remain teachable that, that's a characteristic that I think is very valuable um, when it comes to growth in a Christian life remain teachable you don't know everything uh-uh. you know and uh, great Bible teachers I love it when they say I've heard Greg Laurie say it I've heard Chuck say it I've heard your dad say it As you teach and you preach for so many years, you actually start realizing how much less you know. Right. Because you recognize the depth of God's word. You actually see the frailty of your own life. You know, you go through battles, you go through doubts, you go through frustration moments as well, just like anybody else. Um, But you continue learning more about God and his truth and his character and looking at things from a more clear perspective as the years go on.
2: And that's the thing. The thing is, is that, yes, we're talking about, you know, reading, praying and all that kind of stuff. And that is the key. But it's not going to come without trials. It's not going to come without tribulations. Like those are all going to come just because you read and you pray doesn't mean that. okay, now my life is going to be absolutely perfect and I'm not going to have to go through anything. Yeah, you are. That's Mm -hmm. life. You know what I'm saying? But by reading and by praying, it's going to be easier to get through. And acknowledging, okay, what is it? Okay, what do you want me to learn? How do you want me to deal with this situation? And not dealing within our flesh. Mm -hmm. And that's what we try to do. We try to deal within our flesh, and then that's what gets us in trouble. And then, you know, it all explodes, you know? And then we think, oh, well, this isn't working for me, or the Lord isn't answering me, or he's not there, he doesn't care about me. And it's like, no, you're not giving him an opportunity, to help you through this situation you're trying to handle it on your own and that's what we have to steer away from we have to give it to the lord we have to be patient and we have to read and pray and wait for him to answer us
1: and if you're looking at life like i think most humans (laughs) when you're 15 years old you're like okay i'm gonna graduate then i'm gonna meet the girl of my dreams or guy of your dreams then i'm gonna get married Get a house, hopefully somewhere in between, you know, then I'll become a grandpa. You just kind of look at life. Right. Well, if you want all that, you're going to go. And there's going to be so many ups and downs <laughs> because just from when I was single, you know, because yeah. th- I look back at my single life because I was single for, for after I gave my life to Lord, I was single for like five years. Mm-hmm. So my whole life completely transformed after getting married. And then you add the ki- i mean we stepped into it with three kids pretty quickly right. but the whole thing is uh dude it was so much easier when i was single
2: <laughs> heck yeah yeah so
1: so if you want I and mean, you guys know that obviously because you guys are all parents but i'm saying like for the listeners life if you want what life was going to deal deal out you know with kids and wife and all that kind of stuff dude you need god Yep. it's gonna. It gets harder. It does. There's amazing perks to it, but life gets harder.
0: I've always said that too, right? It like, doesn't
1: get easier. It, no. Well, if it. I just had my yeah. wife, or if I had kids, right. I would be happy. No, no, it's gonna get crazy. Exactly. <laughs> you know, no, it's
0: true. A foundation is important. That's why. Because when I look at, I, I wasn't single for a couple of years after I, I came to the Lord as well, and but that was some of the most valuable time of my life. That's when I was being able to, like, go home and do, i just, like, tear through a bunch of studies. I'd go through this church, you know, continue in all these mm-hmm. different areas of growth. Those are necessary moments. A little bit more clear and solidified of, like, where God's leading my life personally you know, and so when a wife came into play and when my children have come into play, I already knew what my calling was, I already knew where my gifting was, Right. and now the Lord brought things to be compliments to me, but also like build me a foundation where I'm like, dude, I'm not like this, I'm not walking in the clouds, like I'm reality, I, I got battles with my flesh, right. like, you know, and so there's that practical aspect of like being a husband, you know, being a father, um, being faithful to the place of um, where I serve or where I work or whatever, all those things are growing uh, things in my life, you know. And
1: how do
0: people do it without God? They go crazy. A lot know. of times they go crazy.
1: Cause like I, I had to like, I had to pr- bring everything back to the Word of God, exactly. to where I stand, mm-hmm. because I could justify justify my ways and different things so easily, you know. And you have right. to bring it all back to the Word. And that's why I believe that so many there's so many divorces and there's so many. Because you know, I remember I was talking to my wife, and she was talking about how, like, you know, people that she knows, you know, the the marriages—they're like they're married, but like they're they're not really—they're they're doing their own thing. Yeah, right. they're not connected. They're connect. Yeah, they're 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 married. They're
2: connected on paper. Legally, they're married,
1: <laughs> but when you look at the life, <laughs> mm-hmm. they're on they're they're on two different programs. Mm-hmm. But they're just like, yeah, this is what marriage is. But you yep. just kind of because you I guess basically you just grow apart. Right. Exactly.
2: And yep. that's the thing, too, that, I mean, this is further down the road, but that's why, as a man and wife, you have to make that time. Because when your kids leave, it's going to be just you, too. Right. So you better have stayed so together. So now you've grown apart. Yeah. Hey, okay, well, now what? <laughs> exactly. Yep. So you better stay together yeah. and grow in that relationship. Because once the kids are gone, that's when a lot of people get divorced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because now they don't have that commonality with the kids. So they've lost what connected them in the first place, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's that's a danger. Yep. That's a very big danger. And that's it's sad because, you know, divorce in the church is probably more from what I've heard than it is in the world. There's more divorces in the church than there are in the world. So why what's going wrong? How are we, you know, not meeting? people's needs or the Lord, you know what I'm saying? It's like, where, where does it, break down? it all
1: down? I have an interesting statistic with, what? uh, so you said like, I think divorces is the same as people that are not Christians or higher. Yeah. And these are old statistics, but from promise keepers, it says that 50% of the divorces in the church are from pornography. Mm. Wow. On top of that. Right, right. Well,
0: that goes through everything we've been talking about today. Um, not being teachable not being having humility not learning from what god's word says will always leave you in trouble in every aspect of your life you know the biggest danger that marriages have is what you said they grow apart why because we our nature and our flesh are selfish Right. We think about ourselves, what's going to make our lives happy, and that's it. We're on our own program. But when you're sensitive to the, the Holy Spirit in your life, you actually recognize when to yield, when to take the lead, when to be uh, communicating, when you understand, like, wow, I've been entrusted uh, with my spouse. I've been entrusted with these children. And not having that perspective uh, can really make it difficult, I believe, as well. So I know we're getting close to the end of the show. I got one verse. I, don't, go for I think it.
1: it's uh Proverbs 26, 11. I could be wrong. It's uh, like the dog uh, like the dog go, uh, like a dog goes back to its vomit so the fool repeats his foolishness. Mm-hmm. New Living Translation. Exactly. The DNA of sin is selfishness. Yep. yep. Think and, about everything that we do that is selfish is leads us to sin and just like the dog goes back to its vomit so the fool repeats his foolishness. Who wants to be a fool? Yep. Right. And the Bible clearly says because it's the inspired word of God that if you keep going back to your old sins and not listening to what the Word of God says, you are a fool, just like a dog eats its vomit. Your fool goes back to its foolishness, dude. Yep. So simple, but so true. Exactly. Like where, and this is for me. I live by that verse, right? Because there's days that I want to go back to my vomit, and I'm just thinking about that verse. You don't want to be a fool. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Well, guys, peace. We'll see you next week. Love you guys. Stay tuned in. This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com.
1: Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese.